0: What's up, Sterling? How are we doing? Oh, we get no feedback here? We doing all right. This section, we doing good? I used to sit right next section. I used to be right over there with you guys, half asleep, and like, what are we doing here? But then <laughs> but then something happened to me. Um, I'm so excited to be here. The worship team was lit. They were on fire. For the older folks, that means they were really good. They really did a good job. They did a great job um and i'm so excited to be with some of you guys and just all you guys for the next few days Uh, my wife is here i'm so honored to be here thank you dean and julie for having us and sterling for having us here we really appreciate all you guys and being back mama Cruz. Thanks for coming out. This is my host mom right here. When I was in Sterling, I wouldn't have made it without her. Yo, she left her doors unlocked, which was so foreign to me. But that's the thing, y'all do out here. Like doors don't get locked, cars don't. I was like, I can just go in and do my laundry and just chill. I was like there 24/7. I was Harley and Kilborns. Kilborns still around? The doors. Yes, yes, all right, good deal, good deal, good deal, good deal. I'm so pumped up to uh, just to spend some time with you guys. Let me start in this scripture, Luke 18, verse 18 to 23. A certain ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to have eternal life? Jesus saying, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, you should not commit. Uh, adultery, you should not commit murder, you should not steal, you should not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. He says, do you know these? And the rich young ruler looks like at him, like, yeah, I kept all those since my youth. When Jesus heard this, he said to them, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. He walked away sad. So here's the thing, a couple of things that we know about this rich young girl. First of all, we know that as he's approaching Jesus, as he gets ready to talk to Jesus, here's a few things. As he approaches Jesus, he approaches Jesus in this theory that everything is either good or bad. It's either good or bad. And he recognizes Jesus, and he says, Jesus, (laughs) you're a good teacher. And he operates in a world where everything is either good or bad. And the first thing Jesus says to him, why do you call me good? This is Jesus right now. This is not anybody else. If I'm going to call anybody pretty good, I'm sure going to be Jesus. But Jesus says this, why do you call me good? He says no one's good except for the Father. And he eliminates the notion of us being good or bad right there in that two sentences. And the next thing he says, he says, how can I have eternal life? How-, how can I live forever? How can I be with you? How can I enter the kingdom of heaven? How can I, how can I have this everlasting thing? <laughs> and Jesus asks a question to him, a couple of them actually. And he knew exactly what Jesus was going to la- ask him. And I kind of think he went to Jesus like, ready him to ask this question because he was ready to say, man, I've been doing pretty well. And here's what he asked him. Hey, hey well, don't commit a murder. Don't commit adultery. No false testimonies. Don't, don't lie. Don't steal. And also don't forget about honoring your father and mother. That one always comes in. That's always a struggle, right? Honor your father and mother. And he's like, ha, ha, How at your boy, <laughs> I've kept all those. Since I've been a little boy. (laughs) I got this. All right. Give me my prize. I'm getting ready to go in. And he says, hold up, young son. Hold up, bruh. There's one thing you still lack. Sell everything you have. Everything you've earned. Everything that's validated you. Get rid of it. And come follow me. See, this is, this is the, the biggest problem that we have. The, this is the biggest problem. What happens in life is that after I accept Christ in my life and I'm, uh, I'm saved and it's great and it's like, how great is that God? And I'm singing and I'm loving life. Here's something that happens to me. W- what happens in our lives is we take everything that's made us successful to our point in life and we try to apply it to where we live in the kingdom life. I don't know about you, but I I love to work hard, and I was working hard, and and I don't know about you. How many guys try to try really hard to do really, really good all the time, and then you fall short, and and then you do really, really good. That's the whole problem, this whole process, and and I'm trying, and I'm working my tail off, and I'm just trying to be a good Christian, a good believer, a good dad, a good ball player. Probably not anymore, I'm a little old, no more hair. Um, why are you laughing at my ball jokes? But here we go. So we, we we trying to be good, trying hard, hustling and working. That's my journey that I want to share with you today. That's my journey. So I want to focus our mind on the way that we think about Christ in a way I think is so important. One thing I learned about Sterling is our hermeneutics, uh, the way we approach Jesus, it's all about approach. And I want to talk about that a little bit today. Just what is our approach? And I believe that's something that we all struggle with, that we're all constantly trying to earn our keep, and we're trying to earn our way into the kingdom and earn our keep when we get in the kingdom of God, and we're constantly trying to earn God's satisfaction for our life. This is what I want to talk about just for the next few minutes with you. Has anyone ever had that problem? Anyone struggle back and forth? No one? I'm the only one who raised my hand. That's fine. That's fine. Thank you. Fellas over there, up row. Thank you. Hey, I didn't even know you were up there. Holla at your boy up top. (laughs) Let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this day. God, we love you. We honor you. I thank you for each and every one of these students in this place right now. Fill our hearts. Hide me behind the cross and speak through me. Your will be done and your kingdom come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So when I first came to Sterling College um, in uh, 2005, I came here to further my basketball career. And at that time, I came from a community college. any JUCOs, any community college transfers in the building, hey, hey, what's up, <laughs> community college. And so I came from a community college. And community college, when I became came out of school and I was in high school, um, my senior year, going in my high school for basketball, I had a couple D2 scholarships, and I was pretty ranked high. I was the second best player in my five-star camp in the community. We had a lot of scholarships come and happen. And, and the next thing I know, my parents split, divorced, my life was wrecked, my whole Everything about me was wrecked. The whole basketball team one time got in jail. Uh, I can tell you about that whole story another time. It's pretty hilarious. We didn't do anything wrong. That's what everybody says. We didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> but we had a whole life problem. It was just wrecked and everything else. And it ended up to the point where I actually had no more scholarships once I graduated. I had no clue what I was going to do. So I did well, one thing. I had a connection with a co- coach at Butler Community College. And so I walked on. To a junior college at Butler College and I was like walk on on the walk-ons on these top talented players from all over the country California some of the most amazing athletes that I've ever seen before some people from Texas anybody from Texas in this place wow. woo, 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 Texas in the building Texas in the building And we had some amazing people all over the place and from all over the place. And we had some awesome Kansas players. But here's what I got there. I got there with this attitude, I'm going to work as hard as I can. I worked so hard. And I was working my tail off. And I was just fighting, staying after practice, doing shots, doing drills, playing against the best players, getting on their nerves. And I'm working so hard, working so hard. And all of a sudden, one day, my coach looked at me straight in the eye. He says, out of 386 players in Kansas, I would have never, ever recruited you. Thanks, coach. Where is this going? I would have never recruited you. But out of all of them, if you give me all of them, I will never get rid of you anymore. He's like, you're the one hard work your effort so much point he gave me a scholarship and I was on a scholarship for the next two years in the middle of the season and I took that attitude and what I learned from there is that I no matter what happens in my life no matter if I screw up mess up I can work hard and get my way out of it and I can get myself back together we got any hard workers in here hard workers in here people that want to earn it and I was going to earn every single thing that I got and I just continue to work hard and work hard and then like, all of all sudden I came to Christ And I came to Jesus and I got saved my senior year in college. Christ came into my life. And I thought, here's the thing I can take that same concept. And apply it to the kingdom of god and so whenever i was believing in god and everything goes going great and i'd be like okay i'm gonna stay on a straight and narrow path i'm gonna be a good person here comes this pretty girl i'm not gonna look at her. i'm not gonna look at her. i'm not gonna look at her she walks past me i did good and then i go oh man i look back twice man ah ah and i struggle I struggled, and every time I messed up, I was like, okay, I'm gonna do a lot better. Okay, I'm gonna read my Bible for the whole rest of the, the whole year, I'm not gonna miss a day, and then I missed three days of reading my Bible, and I'm so messed up in my head, like I failed God, the whole world's done it again, or I start to scroll on things that I shouldn't scroll on, or, or you know, any, if you're young ladies, you know, girls, how you do when you guys get in a group and y'all begin to talk about certain people, and you're like, I just got saved, I'm not gonna talk about this person, I'm not gonna get in this conversation, and everything is great, but then they bring up that name of that girl that really gets on your nerves. And you are trying hard. Uh-uh, girl. Not today, Satan. Not today. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. And then all of a sudden. And then the next thing you know, you're like, girl, <laughs> let me tell you. Girl, let me tell you about her. You ain't going to believe what she did. You ain't going to believe it. What she did to me, let me tell you. A Okay. Let me tell you about her. And then the next thing you know, and then the next thing you know, you're like, oh, my gosh, I screwed it up again. I, I, I know it wasn't gossip. It wasn't that bad. And you're like, God, please forgive me. I'm on my knees again. Here I am. Here I am. And I, And I go through this whole process. Maybe if I fast for... 20 20 days straight maybe that god will forgive me and maybe if i just do this and i can work my way back into god's good graces and i continue to work hard and and i'm working hard to please god and i'm trying so hard if i just pray enough and if i just read the bible enough if i just continue to do this and this and next thing i know i'm exhausted and this christian thing is hard and the next thing i know i'm like god forget it i'm tired of this really this is too hard I'm done. I'm throwing in a towel. At least I can be me. I'm done with this. I've tried so hard, but I just can't live up to it. I've done that. I've been there. Done that. And here's the thing. Here's what happens. What I've come to know, and it took me a long time to know this, this is what we call Performance-based faith. Performance-based faith. And here's how performance-based faith works. It works only on the function of your ability to hold, uphold what it means to be a Christian. God loves me when I perform well. When I'm not performing well, <laughs> God doesn't love me so much. God loves me. I, I got to earn everything I get. If God's going to give me, I got to earn it. You know that saying, yoga whippy, you only get out what you're going to put in. And I take that concept and I try to apply it to God. But that doesn't work in God's system. Now, does that mean performance is bad? Absolutely not. Performance is an expression of hard work of, of the time we put in. But it does not define who you are, who we are, what, uh, who, who we are is p- what we pre- predestined. God predestined to who we are. We already are defined on who we are. God has already decided that. Your performance does not decide that. Dr. Ben Hobart says this. We put our worth and our values as human beings into our performance. Think about that. Think about that. When you're on the coach or you're on the field or whatever else, I know this. When I was doing well, coach did a great job and slapped me on the behind. Good job, Cam. Good job. When I was doing mad, he was screaming and yelling and all everything else. Like, I can't believe it. You're, you're terrible. All this good stuff. And I'm like, okay, okay. I'll just work hard. I'll work hard. When I worked hard, he did. Hey, good job, Cam. You're doing great. It got to the point that whenever I'm screwed up or messed up with God, I would think God would have that same face and that same anger as a coach would. Oh, you're terrible. You're never going to make it to the kingdom of heaven. You're out. You're good. You're done. You're done. And then I work real, real, real real hard. And the next thing I know, oh, Cam, you're good. You're good. You're good. And I would go through this cycle. And I'm operating in my either good or bad. And here's what happens. When performance-based faith really goes well, here's what happens. First thing you do is, first thing you do, you begin to look at, you could say, if I just do X, Y, and Z, then God will be pleased with me. And you do X, Y, and Z well, and here's what happens. You assume because you're doing X, Y, and Z well, like the rich young ruler, like my boy Richie Rich, (laughs) as long as I keep the commandments, God's happy with me. And you begin to assume. And this becomes all about who? All about you. Your whole deity of your faith, the whole thing of you believe is happens to be all about you. All about you. And when I'm doing good at striving for God, it's like, it's, it's like a little girl that uh, is in love. with a You know, you saw one of those movies, I think the Little Rascals, and she has a flower. I don't remember if it's in the movie, but I'm just going to make this up. It sounds good. Holla at your boy. And she has this little flower, and she's like, he loves me. He loves me not. God loves me. God loves me not. God loves me now. I'm doing really good. God loves me not. Oh, help me, oh, wicked man. Oh, God loves me. And we act like that's God's love. But when we know in our brains that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, the base of that, that he loves the world. So despite what I do, there is what? That God, I know at the core and the root of him that he loves me. That I am love. That I am love. And here's what happens when performance-based faith does not go well. And I think this is where a lot of us are. When it's not go well, the first thing that we do when we screw up in Christ or we make a sin or or we scroll and we look at something for too long or we're on the wrong website. Or if you look over your neighbor's paper, don't ever do that anyway. Don't ever do that. But if you happen to look over your neighbor's paper and you cheat or whatever, fall short, sin, whatever you want to call it. The first thing we do is try to work harder. And here's what happens when I work harder. Shame, guilt, and we begin to wear ourselves out. So here's the thing you either do. After working harder and you have the shame and guilt, you are forced with two options. You either quit or you pretend. You're to say, I am done with this Christianity, and I'm done with this whole believing in God thing. I'm done with this whole, or you're saying, I'll pretend, and I'll put on the mask. Those are your two options. And here's what happens. When you begin to pretend, (laughs) here's what you do. You put this mask on, and, and all of a sudden people come up to, hey, how are you doing? I'm fine. Thank you very much. Hey, how are you? I'm fine. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. I'm good. My life is great. Hey, Cam, how are you doing? I'm fine. Blessed and favored by the most high God standing on the top with the devil on my feet. (laughs) Ha ha. Y'all know nothing about that right there. (laughs) And you begin to fake it. And you begin to go through the motions. And you begin to. To put everything forming, and and you got everything buttoned up, and your Instagram posts, and everything looks like you're having a blast at a party, but really you don't know what you're doing, and everybody, hey, smile, guys, look like we're having fun. And then you go back to sitting, being bored. But your Instagram photo looks like you had the time of your life. Am I speaking truth? (laughs) Am I keeping it real? Good. And here's what you're doing. You're going through the motions with God, and you're faking it, and you never let no one in because you don't want anyone to know that deep, dark secret that you're struggling with. Because if you let people know, what are they going to think about you? What are they going to think about you if they knew that you were struggling with the videos you watched on your phone? What are they going to think about you if you knew that you were struggling with that girl right next to you, and you really didn't like her even though you pretend to be your friend? What are people going to think about you? What are people going to think about you? And here's what happens. We get ourselves in bondage. We get ourselves in more trouble. And the next thing I know, I keep going further and further away from God. Further and further away. And we start to people please rather than looking to God to please. And that's exactly what happened with this rich young whittler. <laughs> he said, I, I, I've kept everything. He says, and Jesus says, no, sell everything you have. Sell everything you have. He was so based at his performance. He did a good job. He kept this commandment, kept that commandment. That should be good enough to get in. And Jesus says, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have. After this goes past, after this goes past for a while, the rest of the disciples are looking at Jesus and they say, Jesus, then who can get into the kingdom of heaven? We've sold everything. We've given up our homes and we've given up everything to follow you. Who could get in? And Jesus looks at him and smile. He looks at him and smile. Like, well done. Here's the thing what I know: performance-based faith. Is all about you and your ability to uphold it. The opposite side of that is purpose-based faith or Jesus-based faith. And here's the function that Jesus-based faith really works on. It works on the function that I am loved and accepted because of what Jesus did. Of what Jesus did. Jesus-based faith says this, God loves me, period. God loves me, period. It says, if you want to please God, that the fruit of pleasing God, the fruit of it is to trust Him. And the root of that is to trust Him. To trust Him with everything that you have. To trust Him in the good. <laughs> to trust Him in the bad times. To put all my reliance on him to trust him completely when i think about trust i think about the word star as acronym uh, i want to trust him with all my strength i want to i want the t stands for trust i want to give everything to Him. i want to be dependent on him i want i want all my abilities to be based in him and i want to rely on him with everything that i have and everything i got to trust god Where it's no longer about my performance, but it's all about his performance and what he's already done. That's where my faith lies. That's where my faith lies. Do you remember the story where they tried to cast out all these demons and all this good stuff and it didn't work and and it didn't work? And they're like, Jesus, we really tried. We we really tried to get rid of all these things, but it didn't work. And Jesus says, you of little what? Faith. Not you of little faith performance not you didn't do a good work you of little what faith faith in what faith in god which has nothing to do with you it took me a long time but i had to realize that in my life i am not the star of this movie (laughs) i'm not even a co-star I'm like an extra person way in the back. I had to realize that this was not about me. And so now here's what happens (laughs) when I mess up, and I still do, even as a pastor. I, I struggle with things. I'm wrestling with things. I am being transformed And I'm being renewed every day. But here's what happens. My process is the same. I do not go back in the hole for 30 days, for two months, and say, uh, whenever whenever I get things together, whenever I pull up everything with my own bootstraps, once I get my life together, then I go back to Christ. You know what I immediately do? I immediately confess. I immediately say, God, I need your help in this area. And here's what happens. Here's what I know to be true on this journey. That's why I want to help you guys out and to know to be true that despite anything I've done, I know I'm loved and I know I'm accepted. When I come back, I say, God, forgive me. I screwed that up. I screwed that up a thousand times, but I know your word is faithful. I know what your word says about me. And I know that that that, that me, my forgiveness does not depend on me. It depends all the work that you've already done on the cross. Can you put your faith in that? Put your faith in that where it's no longer about you. Here's the challenge. Despite your performance, here's your challenge. To remain in God despite your, your performance. To remain in God no matter what. Stay with God. He's divine vine, we the branch, to remain in him, to stay with him. And what happens is that I'm remaining with God. I even have some friends, and you get some friends that are remaining with God, despite we are committed not to be accountability partners, but to be partners that we can go to and say, hey, bro, I screwed that up. I, I was looking at these videos, and I shouldn't have been, or I was doing this, and I was talking about this person, and I, and, and I shouldn't have been. And here's what my friends are doing. They are committed not to fix me, but they are committed to say this. Cameron Jackson, you are known, and you are loved. Yeah, you screwed that up big time. You screwed that up. I'm not going to try to fix you here. You can work that out. But here's one thing I want you to know. You are known, and you are loved. That changed everything to me. It was like weights falling <laughs> off. It was like this heavy burden that I, I, I tried to keep carrying for a long time. And I was like, Jesus, I don't understand the scripture that your burden is light. I don't get it because I feel like I'm trying to carry this big burden every single day. But I feel so much freer. And I have so much more fun with God. And I relax a little bit more. And everything begins to happen naturally. And here's what happens. Because I'm rooted in him, because I am in am, am Christ, and, and I'm rooted in him, and he remains in me, what happens is I don't read this Bible because I have to. It's pl- the thing is that I read it because it's a desire in me that I have to get to know him better. And if I don't read it one day, you know what, it doesn't bother me. But you know what, I long to read it. You know why I love to worship and raise my hands? Because it's like a the It's not something I have to sit in here have to do. <laughs> not just like, I have to do it. No, I long to do it because I know that I know that this performance of mine is not about me, but it's all about his performance and what he's already done. And I marveled by it every single day because he can love someone like me. So my question is, did you earn it? Did you earn your way into the kingdom of God? hope you answer your answer is no because your faith cannot be earned it cannot be earned it, it can only be surrendered for by grace we are safe for by grace we are safe and it's not <laughs> from your own self doing it's not from you so that you can boast but it is the gift of God. What I learned was life was no longer black and white. <laughs> but life, I live in the red. And for me, that red represents the blood. For me, that red represents grace. I live in grace and in truth. Did you Father God, we thank you so much for who you are. You, thank you We thank you that we could put our trust and dependence on you. We thank you, God, that despite our actions and despite how we fall short, that you are dependable. That we are made righteous, not of our own doing, but we are only righteous because of what you have done. It's a foundation of our faith. God, let us live that out day in and day out. God, I pray for each and every one of these students. God, I pray for the next three days that you would connect with us, that we would have fun, that we would laugh, that we would cry, we would pray. But one thing I pray that we can do is that we can be real. God, I want to... Love you all. See you in the next few days.